0: Welcome to Cracking Cooperstown, where we talk all things baseball, Hall of Fame, and Hall of Fame collecting. Join us as we discuss Hall of Fame voting, autographs, cards, baseballs, resumes, and trajectories. Debate and discussion as we look to crack the code to Cooperstown. Now, here's your host, Jake Brewer. And Dom Man. What's up, Dom? <laughs> What's up, Jake? I know you had some some time recently with uh, your own Hall of Fame that you are in charge of running, but I'm glad that we're finally back here to talk about who got in uh, with the Class 2024 through the BBWAA, and uh, as the title of this video says, the future of a position due to those results. Uh, but how did you feel as a whole about how the writers kind of reacted from the public numbers versus who dropped in the private and who ended up getting into the hall of fame this year.
1: Yeah. So the, the guys that got in, you know, we've talked about at length on this channel before who we would vote for, who we wouldn't and why. Uh, But I don't think that there's anybody that was elected this year uh, that I need to grab uh, my tour tour, my pitchfork. Uh, You know, I'm excited about the class of 2024 uh, both from a a baseball fandom standpoint, uh, but also a collecting standpoint. You know, I had a Hall of Fame prospect at a couple of the guys myself. So cool to see them get in and uh, move them to the Hall of Fame location uh, in the collection and uh, celebrate those guys. You know, it's it's always fun as a a baseball fan, a a baseball collector and a a Hall of Fame collector, especially. Uh, What was what was your reaction to the
0: class, Dom? No, definitely. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and especially because of some of the years we've had recently. Mm-hmm. It's a huge victory for us fans of the Hall of Fame when we have three new guys to celebrate, to sign HOF next to their autographs, to put in our Hall of Fame binders, bins, boxes, however you store them. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just awesome and these are three guys who even if you were a no on them as a case, I think in terms of people, uh, I think the character clause gets used a lot of times for the bad but it should also be used for the good and from everything that i've read everything that i've seen uh, from watching big chunks of belchere helton and mauer's careers they were stand-up guys they were great for the game and i think personally they were all three on my ballot i think they were all hall of fame worthy as players as well so I, i'm really happy with that uh, i do think the we were getting a little over our skis at one point thinking we were going to tie the record for most mm-hmm. hall of famers in, in one election. Like people were thinking that Wagner and uh, Sheffield, because they were tracking 75 plus were going to get 75 plus Wagner just missed by I think six votes. Uh, so that, that was brutal for him. Uh, but I think that it shows that he'll be a lock next year. I talked about uh, Beltray and Helton, being the two locks for this year. Uh, So they both got in, and we also got Maurer as well, which was really cool to see. But starting with Adrian Beltre, uh, he deserves some flowers. I know a lot of people in this process thought he was boring to talk about, uh, but 95.1% of the vote. And this is a guy who, in terms of third baseman and in terms of Dominican players, very high in hits, very high in home runs and is only the second infielder in major league history with over 3000 hits and over five gold gloves. Do you know the other Jake?
1: Oh, 3000 hits and five gold gloves. um uh, was it Mays?
0: It was Jeter for infielders.
1: <sighs> oh, sorry, you said infielder. Yeah. My bad.
0: So, yeah, Willie Mays is out there and uh there, there's a there's a few other guys, but I think that Beltrage is all around a great player the only third baseman with a higher d war in his career defensive wins above replacement is the human vacuum cleaner himself Brooks Robinson he was a great two-way player a guy who I was shocked was left off of almost five percent of the ballots Uh, but nonetheless He's in there as a first ballot guy, deservingly so, and uh, I'm very excited to see his speech for the Hall of Fame because I feel like he's someone that kind of held a lot of it in throughout mm-hmm. his career, and I feel like he could have one of those sneaky speeches where he he really lets it all out in Cooperstown in the summer.
1: Yeah, he was never a, a super flashy guy, uh, never seen as you know the face of baseball. He wasn't that kind of player, but he he really took what was a consistent good career. Uh, at the later points in his career in Seattle and in Texas, he took it to the next level, uh, no doubt Hall of Famer, 3,000 hit club guy. Uh, you know, I just hope nobody touches his head uh, during his Hall of Fame speech because that may not go over well. Uh, but nonetheless, congratulations to Adrian Beltre. Definitely want to touch on him, even though he seems like, oh yeah, obviously he was a, a Hall of Famer. Check the box, move on. But congratulations to him.
0: Absolutely. And congratulations to Todd Helton too, who missed by only like 3% last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was something where he was in his sixth year on the ballot. So he almost made it in his first half of his opportunities, but ended up squeaking over the line here uh, with 78% of the vote as a hall of famer, Todd Helton, Mr. Rocky, you have his 93 tops traded, which I still need to get pro tip. We talk about the window, (laughs) There's a window that starts when they retire and it ends when they get elected. And I did not pick up my Todd Helton in the window. I have a patch. I have an awesome bobblehead that Jake actually ended up trading to me in our never ending trade, mm. but I don't have that Todd Helton rookie yet. And uh, this isn't the time to buy it. So I'm, I'm going to be patient with it and I'm going to wait till the hype dies down a little bit. I don't think a 93 tops is going to be unattainable for me at any point. Uh, so Congratulations to Todd Helton. If you're looking at the history of the Rockies franchise, Core's Effect, just out of the way. He is far and away the all-time leader in a ton of statistical categories for that franchise, and a guy who hit amazing on the road as well. A true hitter, 316 career average. This is a guy who just got into the box every day, was a professional hitter, a good defender at the position at first base. And so far, through all the kind of coverage and interviews that have happened with the electees, Todd Helton's funny, man. He was a absolute, like, just taking it all in, joking around, having fun. And you just love to see that uh, with a guy like Todd Helton. So I have a feeling that his speech is going to be the funniest uh, this summer in Cooperstown. Yeah,
1: there's been some cool stuff done with Helton already. Um, for those that may not know, rare football mention on this podcast. Uh, he was actually the starting quarterback ahead of Peyton, Peyton Manning. And uh, so he got together with Peyton post-election, and uh, Peyton was congratulating him, him getting in. He said, you know, it's an honor uh, to see you come in the hall. It was an honor to be your backup in Tennessee. Uh, so that that's pretty cool uh, to see that. And, uh, you know, Helton was having a good time with it, joking with him. So congratulations to Todd Helton. I've I've got the the rookie uh, and autograph. I didn't pull it out, but I've got an autograph and a bobblehead as well. Um, Beltray, I've got the bobblehead, the rookie, and an autograph. I forgot to pull those for some reason. Um, but you know, cool to see some of those guys move into the Hall of Fame component of our collection.
0: No, definitely, and it was it was cool because Todd Helton had that connection with Peyton Manning, both being Tennessee Vols, and then playing in. Colorado for professional right. sports teams at the same time. So they, they had a lot of crossover in their lives, and I'm sure that Peyton Manning will uh, will hopefully take over the lawn there in Cooperstown this summer, uh, be being cool. one of the bigger stars in attendance for it for sure. And the final guy that got elected is Joe Maurer. So his 2002 Bowman is his rookie card, and I have that. The... Joe Maurer election has been the one that has gotten the most people talking. Uh, I think that it was unquestionable that he was going to get into the Hall of Fame through the writers at some point. I think that his career was more than deserving. Three batting titles by a catcher in a four-year span. There's only been seven seasons where a catcher's won the batting title and only one other guy who has won two, which is Ernie Lombardi. And I was a ready for that
1: trivia question, Dom. I was ready for that one.
0: Well, we did the last show. That's why you're ready for it. Uh, But yeah, so Joe Maurer, he ended up getting elected as a first ballot guy. He broke the rule of 2,000 hits, which I think was huge for him being so well received by the writers this time around. I think if he had less than 2,000 hits, it would be looked at more questionable. Do you know who the only catcher with less games caught in the Hall of Fame is than Joe Maurer?
1: I'm not sure. But I'm going to take a wild guess that it's your boy, Ray Schalk.
0: I wish it was Ray Schalk. Ray Shock caught a lot of games. Great defensive catcher, as a lot of people have been letting me know. Uh, but it was Buck Ewing who played multiple positions as well throughout sense. his career. And Joe Maurer, I think that when you play the catching position and you're He's also a former quarterback. He was going to go play at Florida state as a division one recruit. He was that good. He was a star on his high school basketball team in Minnesota as well. When you're six, five and you're catching, it takes a toll on anybody's body. Uh, but six, five is, I think the third tallest catcher in the hall of fame now. Uh, and it's something where his body wasn't able to keep up with the demands. He ended up having a uh, couple serious injuries throughout his career, Uh, including his head, which I'm especially sentimental to. And Joe Maurer, number one overall pick, the pressure that comes with that, playing for one franchise, being a stand-up guy, and doing something that no other catcher's ever done with the three batting titles. I think all those reasons is why he was an obvious Hall of Famer. I didn't expect him to get in on the first ballot. I thought he would be close. He was trending really well. Uh, But I just thought based off how the writers have been in recent years that he wasn't going to get first ballot treatment. I thought he'd get in sometime between year one and year five, but I wasn't sure it was going to be year one. I was incredibly happy to see him get that kind of reward. Uh, What about you with Joe Mauer's election? What do you think?
1: So I'm showing my 2012 five-star Joe Maurer autograph, which I bought in the window, Dom. So I'm happy about that uh, because it is not as cheap as I got it right now. I got that thing for less than $20. um, So thankful for that. But the thing that interested me the most about Maurer's election, because I, like you, thought he would get in um, if I, you know, going into it, I had to put my money on a year. I would have put it on year three, uh, you know, that he would get in based on, how many writers uh, treat the first ballot uh, idea. Now, I don't agree that that should be a thing, but it absolutely is. Many voters uh, openly say that the first ballot is an honor to them, and they reserve that for the best of the best. So for Maurer to get in on the first ballot, I think speaks volumes to how the current uh, voting contingent uh, views the catcher position, and I do think that it is is different than what we've traditionally seen. I, I know we're going to get into that a little bit more here in just a minute, but I that's what excites me the most about Maurer getting elected on the first ballot, outside of you know, happy for him and everything it does for uh, the Hall of Fame and, and my collection and all that. But for future Hall of Fame catchers, it makes it a really interesting talking point. Uh, so I'm excited to get into that with you.
0: I agree. And he didn't make it with this voting consensus by a wide margin. He only got in by about four votes. I think it was four or five votes he got over the 75% threshold needed for election. Uh, But Joe Maurer, Hall of Famer, congratulations. Nonetheless, I'm super happy for him. He was a great player that I looked up to a lot growing up and uh, getting to see him in Cooperstown now as the youngest electee. To the hall of fame he's only 40 years old so getting into the hall of fame as a first ballot guy helps that a lot uh being a catcher that has a shorter career typically helps that a lot uh, but him being now the youngest uh hall of famer in there, uh, book ended with willie mays being the oldest living hall of famer it's really cool to kind of have that a 50 plus year gap going on with the sport and there's so many generations of fans that have gotten to enjoy these guys in between mm-hmm. so Now that we look at Joe Maurer, who, yes, it wasn't a traditional catching uh, candidacy, but he was a majority catcher, and he was a guy who had most of his major success and milestones while playing catcher full-time. We look into the future of the catching position, and there are obviously a couple guys coming down the pipeline Uh, that are going to be talked about a lot because they're going to be in the public eye for a decade. Plus these aren't guys that are going to fall off the ballot in year one. They're going to get votes every single year, even if they don't get in, in their 10 tries. I thought it would be good to look at the catchers of all times that are kind of in these questionable things. And I have some blind comparisons here for you, Jake. Now I, Understand that none of these guys are going to kind of impress you in terms of your basic standards for Hall of Fame election if you're just looking at hitting statistics. Right. But I want you to look at these two guys. One of them gets a ton of Hall of Fame buzz, and the other does not really get – as much consideration. And I'm just wondering if you had to pick a side, which side you would pick.
1: So uh, full transparency here for all of our listeners. I don't know who these blind resumes are. I have no clue. Dom put these together on his own. I think I know who one of these guys are. Um, The other one, I'm not sure who it is. Um, But the guy uh, that I would choose based on what I see, uh, you know, and everybody knows that listens to our podcast knows I'm a accounting stack guy. I lean that way, um, even though we're going to get to some discussion about if that has shifted at all with catcher. But for the purpose of this exercise, Dom, looks pretty clear to me uh, the column on the right hand side, uh, the 32 war player. Uh, the 1590 hits over thousand RBIs uh, you know, the six silver sluggers uh, all on that column. Um, I would go that way. uh, Even though you could argue uh, that the player on the left is the more quote unquote decorated uh, player uh, with Mm -hmm. MVP, more all-star appearances, the championships uh, depending on what you value. uh, But I'll go with the player, uh, on the
0: right-hand side there. Uh, And I do believe, do you want me to say who I think it is? I I mean, you could take a shot in the dark. I don't know how much catcher research you did beforehand on. I think that's Brian McCann. So, Mr. Brave got it. This is Brian McCann versus Elston Howard. Now, I know a lot of Yankees fans uh, are big on Elston Howard, thinking that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, He does have the 12 All-Stars. Part of that was because there was two all-star games uh, for a stretch there where he made it for both all-star games in a year. But an MVP, a great hitter, a uh, guy that was part of those Yankees championships, four of them right there. Uh, and then you got Brian McCann, who's going to be hitting the writer's ballot next year as a first candidate guy. Uh, and I made a comment in a group chat with you and our good buddy Lou that Brian McCann is sneaky to get the 5% threshold. I'm not saying Brian McCann's a Hall of Famer, but he is sneaky. And you talked about him having a 1,000 RBIs, and that's something I look for personally when I'm talking about Hall of Fame hitters. And I think that Brian McCann is an interesting candidate there because there's only 15 catchers in the history of the game primary catchers who drove in over a thousand rbi and brian mccann is on that list so i don't know if either of these guys would get into your hall of fame i highly doubt it but i just wanted to make that comparison there as like lower guys and these comparisons are going to go up in like comparable war players Mm. as we keep going but i just wanted to kind of put that out there these are different eras and wars. supposed to tell the story for some things the traditional accounting stats are supposed to tell things as well brian mccann i would also say is closer to the hall of fame than elston howard even though i don't think either one of them get there anytime soon so here's number two
1: mm, okay let me take a look here second i'm gonna, I'm gonna talk out loud through this uh, so you, you, from accounting stats point here, uh, one player column on the left, 1493 in hits, slightly better than the 1345. Uh, neither one of them had a ton of power, but one really had no power with just 11 home runs compared to 95. Fairly close in RBIs. Uh, stolen bases looks like one of the catchers had a little bit of speed, 177 stolen bases compared to 20. Batting averages comparable, on-base percentage comparable. Um, one of these players, okay, as we get to the uh, decoration of them, one is in the Hall of Fame, one mm-hmm. is currently not. Uh, both have won championship. Uh, one player has three all-star appearances and six gold gloves. And then the war, you know, if you're a, a qualitative guy, the non-Hall of Famer uh, has 40.5 war compared to 33 point. One. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> I, I, I think I would lean towards the player that's not in the hall here.
0: Yeah. And this is an interesting one because this is our boy Ray shock versus <laughs> Jim Sundberg. And I understand a uh, different eras. Again, a uh, uh, Sundberg did play about 200 more games. I think exactly 200 more games. But when you look at it, I, I was impressed with Rayshock's speed. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't familiar with that part of his game. Uh, that seems like a lot for a catcher. Uh, but at the same time, Rayshock, everybody in the YouTube comments from when we were talking about Harold Baines and the guys in the Hall of Fame that might be just as questionable, if not more so, were telling me about how great of a defender race shock was and there's a ton of stories about it he does rank decently high all time in catchers for defensive wins above replacement but in 200 less games he has seven less d war than jim sunberg and jim sunberg for all intents and purposes was a better overall hitter and it's just interesting to kind of use this. I had to include Ray Shock. I was first going to include guys that were just outside of the Hall of Fame. But it, it, to me, Ray Shock, you know, when you're comparing him just to another defensive catcher uh, that had a little bit of hits, it's just funny to see where these guys kind of fall. Cause right now, the average for Hall of Fame catchers outside in the Hall of Fame is about 53 war uh, for their career and there isn't a single catcher that played in the major leagues throughout their career that has less than 30 war in the hall of fame so those are kind of just some numbers to keep in mind with these comparisons none of these guys are slam dunk obvious like joe mauer had 55 war he was above the average of hall of famers it kind of makes a lot of sense
1: interesting comp there i'm glad your boy ray shalk made the show again
0: Oh, he had to. I mean, he's a fan favorite. Uh, your new, our new YouTube Hall of Famer, uh, Eric Four Leaf Card, sent me a Ray Shock Fleer card, uh, for the kind words that I had to say about him. So here is the comparison. Player number one has more WAR, forty-two point seven to thirty-nine point five. And they have better rate stats, a 273 average to a 252 average, a 374 on base to a 313 on base, and a 474 slug to a 440 slug. Good for a 121 OPS plus, 21% better than the average hitter in their era versus a 106. But player number two has better counting stats, 1,782 hits to 1,664. 324 home runs to 275, 1,070 RBIs to 1,065, and if it matters to you, 28 stolen bases to 20. These players, one of them was on a lot of good teams. The other one has slightly better individual uh, accomplishments. So where would you lean here with these careers?
1: I think this one's close. Uh <clears throat> You know, you got you're only separated by about 100 games, uh, and their war is fairly close, only off about by three. The hits aren't that far off, you know, the games played, home runs, slightly bigger gap. Uh, It's tight. Um, I think I value the uh, individual awards more than I do championships. Uh, that's a whole different conversation, but. The rings don't play in it a lot to me for a Hall of Fame resume in baseball. Um, I think it's different for basketball and football, uh, but that's a different discussion for a different day. I'm going to lean towards the player in the right-hand column.
0: All right, cool. I also would lean towards the player in the right-hand column, but I think this is the most interesting comparison because – the player on the left has been in the news a lot recently since Joe Maurer's election because he fell off in year one of the writer's ballot. And that is Jorge Posada against Lance Parrish. Now, it's
1: crazy when you reveal them and the names behind them, right? That's the point yeah. on resumes.
0: And Jorge Posada, he was a really good hitter, part of the core four of that uh, late 90s, early 2000s Yankee dynasty. He was still around when they won their last title in 2009. Lance Parrish was part of that 84 Tigers team that won the championship. Really good catcher for a long time. A guy who actually surprised me with his offensive numbers when I was looking into this. I didn't realize that Lance Parrish's career was quite that good. But it's just super interesting that a lot of people are complaining that Jorge Posada fell off the ballot after year one and Joe Maurer was a first ballot Hall of Famer When guys like Lance Parrish have no Hall of Fame buzz whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I know rate stats in war. The analytics tell you Posada was better game for game. He was better, but the counting stats in not a huge difference in games played to me shows that Lance Parrish is a very comparable player. So that, that one was a lot of fun for me personally putting this together. And then we got number four. The war be, is going up slightly. So to, be, so to be clear, we're picking these
1: players based on which one we would choose, uh, period. Not that we think any of them should or shouldn't be you know, Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, that's not really the discussion at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. just, just to clarify, because so far, I wouldn't have voted for any of these guys. Uh, oh, I
0: know you wouldn't have voted for any of these guys. There's a couple of guys here that, depending on how I start looking at Hall of Fame catchers, uh, might get in.
1: But... And we're getting closer to that. I just mean so far.
0: No, uh, definitely. Okay. So the player on the right has slightly more war in significantly less games. 44.8 war to 42.1 war. Uh, the 44 war did it in 1774 games. The 42.1 war did it in 2224 games. The hits though, because of that game difference is very noticeable. 2168 for the player on the left to 1591 for the hitter on the right. The hitter on the right, though, 200 home runs in their career uh, compared to the player on the left, 176, and a lot more opportunities. But the player did drive in more runs, 1,022, one of 15 catchers with over 1,000 RBIs to 7.58. The player on the left also stole 71 bases, which was sneaky high to me, to 24, and has a higher batting average, 277 to 266. But the rest of the rate stats would tell you that the player on the right is better a 340 on base percentage to a 327 a 412 slugging to a 399 and a 752 ops to a 726 so nothing massive but it's a tick better for sure 112 ops plus on the player on the right to 96 ops plus to the player on the left so he was slightly below league average throughout his career two championships to one 10 all-stars to 11 And the player on the left was a defensive whiz, nine gold gloves to only five. And the player on the right also has a silver slugger for what that's worth. So where do you lean with this one? So a few things here. We've got our first player that I would actually vote for,
1: for the whole game. I do believe that I know who both of these players are. Uh, I think the player that people are going to be surprised by in this comparison if you're uh, more of an old-school uh, Hall of Fame uh, guru, you may know this name, especially if you collect Vintage, uh, because he appeared a lot uh, on you know, All-Star cards in Vintage uh, in a name that some of the old heads, if you will, that are like, this is the name that I feel like is thrown out, but as the under-the-radar catcher. Uh, I think that's the player on the right. The player on the left uh, is a more modern-era catcher, uh, and I would vote for him. Do you want me to reveal him or you want to reveal him, Dom?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you know him, that's great.
1: Uh, I believe the player on the right uh, is the vintage catcher, Bill Freehand. And I believe the catcher on the left is Yadier Molina.
0: That is absolutely correct. Oh, man, so I got two of them. Bill Freehand and Yadier Molina, closer than you would think. I agree. Um, in terms of the games, Yadi, obviously, he compiled. And he did a really good job at compiling stats to me, a thousand RBIs and the 2000 hits, like that, those help him get into the Hall of Fame for sure. But Phil, Bill Freehand, really solid player that was a better hitter than Yadier Molina, objectively, had more war in less games by a significant margin. They're almost separated by 500, 500
1: games, games right?
0: almost. So, Bill Freehand, he only won five gold gloves in his career, uh, but someone that clearly was valued as a very good defensive catcher as well by war uh, to have more war than Yadier Molina. So I thought that was just an interesting one because I always hear that Bill Freehand is the uh, best catcher outside of the Hall of Fame uh, by a lot of people. And I wanted to compare him to someone that a lot of people, me and Jake included, are saying should get in through the writers versus the guy in freehand who hasn't got in through multiple committees at this point. So that was a really fun comparison. And this final one, if you're able to guess this one, you're going to be able to guess the last one, Jake, because we've had this discussion multiple times, but I want the people to see blindly how close these players are. So the player on the right played more games and got slightly more war, 46.1 war in 1423 games to 44.8 war in 1371 games. The player on the right, because of those more games, got 58 more hits, 1558 to 1500 flat. The player on the left, though, had more power, 158 home runs and 729 RBIs for the left versus 113 home runs and 701 RBIs on the right. The player on the left kills him in the rate stats. This is really where the player on the left seems to win in everybody's eyes. 302 batting average to 292. 372 on base to 346. 460 slugging to 410. An 831 career OPS to a 756. And a 129 OPS plus versus a 116. Both players have multiple championships. Both players have seven all-star appearances. Both players have an MVP. The player on the left has one batting title to zero on the right. The player on the right has three gold gloves to the left's one. And the player on the left has five silver sluggers to the other players zero, which I don't believe they were given out when he played. Same thing. Which side do you go here before you reveal (laughs) who this is? I know who they are. (laughs)
1: Um mm, I think I think I go left. Um because yeah, it's it's really close, I think, for the the counting stats, the rate stats, even though player in left column does clearly take a lot of those, I think it it is fairly close. Mm-hmm. Decoration wise, it's the player on the left. Um, I think that's what puts him over the top in this head to head comparison. Now, before you reveal them, I'll go ahead and say I wouldn't vote for either one of them. Uh, but I think that a lot of people's minds, especially the player on the left, because the candidacy is coming, that in a lot of people's minds, that's a Hall of Fame catcher. And if that player gets in, we're really talking about the catcher landscape for a Hall of Famer is totally changed and should be if this player gets in, in my opinion.
0: And I saved this one for last for the shock value, for the comparison, because the player on the left is Buster Posey, and the player on the right, is Thurman Munson. These two guys are super polarizing. Both of their careers ended in kind of tragic ways, one by injury, one by an early death. And to me, I also, with my pure statistics, would not vote for Buster Posey even though I think he has a Hall of Fame resume, especially in the individual achievements with the championships, MVP, batting title, like he did everything. If Buster Posey gets elected by the writers, Thurman Munson, who peaked at 15% on the writer's ballot throughout his time, will be a Hall of Famer. And this is something that's been contentious for a lot of time. Uh, In especially our hobby, Uh, Thurman Munson is a wildly popular player. Mm -hmm. He is collected by a lot of people. A ton of people have been saying that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for years. And he will get his name called if Buster Posey does. And after these two guys potentially get in, then you can start talking about all the other guys that I showed and then your favorite guys that I didn't mention, you know? So that's really what happens is does Joe Maurer's case just because he didn't catch a ton of games like Yadier Molina did, where Yadier Molina from the traditional way of looking at a catcher to both of us is Hall of Fame worthy? What's going to happen with Buster Posey? Do you think the writers are going to, because if he gets in first ballot, then that's really going (laughs) to boost all these catchers up. But if he gets in at all through the writers, I think Munson gets in right away. And then I think there's a lot of other guys that are going to get considered that for years have not gotten any consideration. Like I said, Thurman Munson tapped out at 15% through the writers committee. And there's so many of these other guys that we talked about today that have been on the writer's ballot that did not get a lot of support. So Do you think Buster Posey's individual accolades and quality in such a small quantity is enough for him to actually get elected by the writers? Well, Dom, before we crack that case for
1: Cooperstown, we're going to crack another case. All right. Today, we've got a 1941 play ball Jimmy Fox it is about to be formerly of a PSA one who cares because I'm going to crack it. Uh, but for those listening out there, yes, I'm about to crack a pre-war hall of famer and uh, save this card for today. Because for those of you that may not know, Dom's going to talk about it a little bit more. Are you aware of the first position that Jimmy Fox played when he reached the majors? Dom, Jimmy take Fox, it away.
0: Yeah. Jimmy Fox came up as a catcher. Uh, and he was not a great one, <laughs> but Jimmy Fox double X is one of the greatest hitters that ever lived. If you want a deep dive on Jimmy Fox's career, I would strongly suggest you go check out our good friend Al over at iconic baseball. He's doing his iconic 100. and His breakdown on Jimmy Fox was phenomenal, but here's the bare bones of it. 93 war in his career. We're talking about there's no major league catcher in the Hall of Fame with less than 30 war. Jimmy Fox playing mainly first base. He played catcher, and he played a little third base. Three times that amount, 93 war. 2,646 hits. That's good enough for Jake's standards and way past mine. 534 home runs and automatic qualifier for us both. A 325 career hitter and three-time MVP. He won a triple crown. He was a nine-time All-Star and a two-time World Series champ. Jimmy Fox started his career with the Philadelphia Athletics. And after some struggles as a catcher, he became the full-time first baseman. And in 1928, really started to catch his stride uh, going in a run here where he had... 33 37 30 58 48 44 36 41 36 50 35 36 home runs all in consecutive seasons double x what a absolute beast not a ton of black type on his uh on his baseball reference page because of his contemporaries but numbers that will wow you if you go check him out. So I strongly suggest all the listeners that haven't peeped his page in a while to go do so.
1: An amazing career for Jimmy Fox and a beautiful, free 1941 Playball Jimmy Fox from my collection. So thank you, Dom, uh, for that diatribe. Now we'll jump back into cracking the case for Buster Posey. Uh, before releasing that card, like we were in the movie Braveheart, freedom, uh, you asked me about what will happen if Buster Posey gets in, when do I think he will get in, what will happen with his candidacy. I don't think he's going to get in on the first ballot. Um, I think that Hall of Fame circles, us and many of our friends here on YouTube included, would be blown away by that, and it would even more drastically change the landscape for Hall of Fame catcher. However, I do believe he's going to get elected by the writers. Uh, I think Maurer getting in on his first ballot, while he is a more worthy candidate than Posey, don't get me wrong, but him getting in on his first ballot, I believe started to shift the pendulum a little bit more for the position of catcher away from how I normally view things with counting statistics, traditional metrics, a little bit more towards both qualitative, but also decoration uh, for catching uh, position guys in terms of Hall of Fame candidacy. A big part of the push for Maurer was the thing that had never been done before, the batting titles, you know, the three uh, for him and doing that within four years. A very decorated catcher that stood out amongst his peers. One of the big reasons why I will, would be, I don't have a vote, but I would be voting for Yadier Molina is because of all the gold gloves that he has. You know, the dominance from the defensive standpoint. And he is decorated with nine gold gloves because of that. I believe that's a huge part of his resume, especially because he's a catcher. If Posey gets in, I believe that his decoration with his MVP, with his Silver Sluggers, with his all-star appearances, and not, too much to, you know, my benefit or what would move him up my scale, but the championships, I believe the decoration of Posey, that narrative may get him in on a shorter career, even for a catcher. Uh, and I think that's going to drastically change the landscape for Hall of Fame catcher.
0: Would you agree, Dom? I, I unfortunately agree. And I <laughs> I don't want to be smirch Buster Posey because as someone who got the pleasure of watching his entire career. Buster Posey, an absolute monster. One of the very few PSA 10 rookie cards I have in my collection is Buster Posey's tops rookie card. I was a huge fan of watching him play. And when he took that hit at the plate that changed the rules, I felt like we might have lost a Hall of Famer. Because up until that point, he was on the trajectory for a Hall of Fame catcher. The problem is my metrics for the traditional counting stats are already lower than yours Mm -hmm. by a significant margin in some senses. That's true. And even if I dropped by 20%, Buster Posey still doesn't hit (laughs) enough qualifiers for me. And that's a little concerning. Um, He does have... The five silver sluggers, which to me, like if you're one of the best hitters or one of the best fielders at your position for half a decade, that means something. He has the rookie of the year. He has the MVP. He has the batting title. But it's something where if he gets in, especially through the writers, the only hope we have for the catcher position not getting watered down, potentially, is the error committees. Because a lot of the guys that I showed you that have, while they don't have quite the individual accolades as Posey or even Munson, they have similar statistical cases where the games played isn't crazy off. And if these error committees start looking at the catching position differently because of how these writers do, then we could end up seeing an influx of a ton of catchers with less than 2,000 hits, a ton of catchers with... 200 or less home runs a ton of catchers with a a thousand or less rbis getting into the hall of fame and i'm someone who believes that if you want to call buster posey a hall of famer for his peak his seven-year jaws by all means he he had a hall of fame peak but even if you look at the war seven that seven-year peak thurman munson's was a tiny bit better and they were both in the 40s Mm-hmm. so buster posey i'll i'll celebrate him if he gets in same i think the writers will elect him at some point but man if it's even if it's like the second ballot like if he gets in very early through the writers because mauer got in first ballot a lot of people think Molina will be first ballot and posey follows suit We have a really interesting landscape of what a future Hall of Fame catcher is. And I've considered picking up rookie cards of some of the guys that we've mentioned just in case that ends up happening. Because a lot of these catchers that nobody's blinking twice about, uh, they're rookie cards you can have for dirt cheap uh, for guys that have very respectable careers if you start lowering the bar for the catcher position more than it already kind of has been in some ways. So let me ask you a couple fairly
1: quick, not super rapid fire, but a couple fairly quick questions regarding Posey uh, in relation to some of these other catchers. Let's say that Posey gets in, let's just say for argument's sake third ballot. Okay. Not a first ballot. Let's say third ballot. If Posey gets in, does Thurman Munson become a hall of famer?
0: Oh, I already said it. It if is elected, Munson will get pushed up very much soon after, because they're they are super comparable.
1: I agree. So, I, I, and I'll make the statement right now: Buster Posey gets in. I'm not rushing out to buy a Buster Posey autograph. I'm going to buy a Thurman Munson autograph uh,
0: because their are- autographs are already expensive.
1: Exactly, they're already stupid expensive. I've never bought one because I had never thought that he would get elected. Uh, I, I,
0: I would buy one now. I would I would budget it in before he even hits the ballot, Jake, because that's going to be something that comes up a lot. I'm not the only one with eyes that can see how similar those careers were.
1: Agreed. And I I, I guess Munson is a unique uh, player from the perspective of because of what has happened with Maurer, what we believe is going to happen with Posey. I would argue that now Munson is in the window. <laughs> You know, uh, so something to consider out there uh, for you hobbyists that collect the Hall of Fame. Uh, if you don't yeah. have a Munson already, even though it is very expensive, yeah. But he's I want to use get-
0: 1970 tops for anyone that's not familiar,
1: right? And I do want to take it one step further, though. Let's say that you know Posey gets in. Let's say Munson gets in. Does Bill Freehand get in?
0: I think he. I I think him or Posada would be like the next name that gets Hall of Fame projection. Um, I, I personally think that you can't lower the bar that far. Uh, so if they make the exception for Posey and Munson because of the individual accolades, I, I still won't be on board with it necessarily, but I guess I can live with it at a position that's so demanding. Uh, but if they start doing that, I think there's gonna be a lot of arguments for Bill freehand types because freehand has double digit all-star appearances, five gold gloves. Uh, so it, it's gonna be interesting to see um, what happens. Buster Posey actually has more games caught than Joe Mauer. So he was more of a primary catcher than Mauer was. I think that'll be part of his argument for the Hall of Fame, but that's the problem is Munson gets in pretty much automatic when Posey does and then freehand gets involved and then do they keep going from there? Right. I think that the
1: line would be there. uh, If it, if it drops that far, Uh, for those of you that are listening, I did air quotes for drops, but uh, you know, I don't think it would go below freehand. I really don't. Um, But I think that it would be in the realm of possibility once Posey gets in Um, because silver sluggers weren't even awarded when freehand was playing. Um, And he had a lot of counting stats that outweigh Posey. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of all-stars, he's got more. Uh, In terms of gold gloves, uh, you know, five to one uh, in, uh, sorry, in freehand's favor. So the uniqueness of the catcher position uh, in terms of what made him great in his era, it could be argued Uh, that Freehand would deserve to be in if Posey is in, even though I hate doing that. I hate the, if so-and-so is in, then so-and-so should be in.
0: I I completely agree. That's why we have our kind of um, thresholds that we look for. Mm -hmm. And the problem with outliers, Posey would be, he'd be an exception to the rule. He'd be an outlier. He'd be a peak singular case, is the more of those you do, the more it opens up for the bigger hall people to make those cases. And especially in these era committees, all you need is one really good salesman in that room, whether they have a personal stake in it or they really feel passionate about it, to win over votes. Yeah, It's a much smaller consensus than the writer's ballot is. That's why guys like Munson, Howard, Freehand, et cetera, didn't do super well through the writers. But in these smaller rooms, they definitely start They definitely start to be more prevalent, I think, in the discussions, Uh, even though some of these guys like Freehand would be in the classic era committee, uh, which we'll be talking about as that gets closer for that election in the winter, and that's maybe the most convoluted uh, ballot as is because there's the early baseball folks, there's the Negro League baseball players, there's the uh, holdovers like uh, Dick Allen who are still there, there's the managers from before 1980, uh, and they might get consideration. So there's a lot of guys that Bill Freehand would have to get enough momentum over to get in, but his case gets a lot more credibility as soon as Posey gets the HOF next to his name. And I know there's a lot of small hall people out there that will continue as we go through, uh, just continue to say, well, Posey's in with this much war and these counting stats. That means that we have to elect Jorge Posada. We have to elect Bill Freehand, Lance Parrish. We have to elect even the guys that we showed before. Maybe Brian McCann does get the 5%. To stay on the ballot and get serious Hall of Fame consideration Uh, as a guy who has over 200 home runs, one of only 20 catchers to do so, 15 catchers with 1,000 RBIs. He's in that group too. He has a good amount of all star appearances and silver sluggers. Maybe the ball continues to drop. Maybe it's just an aberration and Posey gets in immediately. Uh, But that's kind of the thing that I think can stop the future of the catcher position from getting that watered down is the error committees. That will be kind of the testament is once Posey gets in, Munson goes to the front of the catcher in line for guys outside the Hall of Fame. Can he get support on that classic error committee with all the different cases? And if he does, then how do the guys that follow Munson go? Uh, so it'll be really interesting to check that out. Uh, I think Buster Posey was a Hall of Fame talent. I don't know if he put together a Hall of Fame career in terms of counting stats, but a guy who I was blessed to watch, and uh, if he gets in one day, which it's looking more and more likely as the days go by, uh, I'll be happy for him, even if it means that I have to argue with people about Lance Parrish and Bill Freehan and all the other people that might be closer to the line now than they were before his election.
1: There's one more guy that I want to mention from a different angle uh, before I go onto eBay and look up some stuff on Thurman Munson autographs. Okay, This is the other player that I may need to look at. And a, a lot of what we're talking about, like you mentioned, Dom, is a lot of these guys we've mentioned already would have to come through the error committees, right? They've already passed through the writers. Mm-hmm. This player has not. Now, I want to read you some statistics before I reveal who it is guy. Posey has 158 home runs. This player has 246. Posey has 1,500 hits. This player is just behind him with 1,411. Posey has 729 RBI. This player has 812. Posey has 663 runs. This player has 598. Posey had one gold glove. This player has five. Posey has five Silver Sluggers, this player has four. Posey had seven All-Star appearances, this player has eight. Now Posey does have the batting title and the MVP, okay? But the player I've mentioned, uh, where he trailed in runs, where he trailed in hits, uh, and where he trailed in Silver Sluggers, he's gonna pass Posey this year in at least two of those three and maybe time for Silver Sluggers. This player's active. Dumb. One could argue from a traditional quantitative standpoint, this guy's more Hall of Fame worthy than Buster Posey. Now, again, I'm not totally considering the decoration. I'm not totally considering the peak. I'm talking from a quantitative standpoint. It's very feasible that he's surpassed him already. This player is Salvador Perez. Uh, i don't know if you looked at him at all uh, I,
0: I was gonna guess but you you beat me to it
1: yeah sorry I had that, to my, one.
0: that was my guess just because of the home runs
1: because um, yes. my, my point is is that he's already surpassed him in several statistics and and it's not like Perez is like old man done like this, this is his last year he's got a few more seasons in him you know barring something unforeseen uh like i mentioned there's a good chance he he passes him in those last two counting stats and ties him for Silver Sluggers this year. Uh, Not to mention, he's going to widen that gap. Um, Now, is he likely to win a batting title or an MVP? No. Is he likely to win the championships like Posey in Kansas City? Absolutely not. Sorry, Chris from Missouri. But that Hall of Fame resume, if Posey's in, you think that means Perez is a first ballot Hall of Famer when he gets there, you know, a decade plus from now?
0: Time will tell. Like I said, I do think that the individual accolades is going to be what people harp on for Posey, and he doesn't have the opportunity to kind of do that. Statistically, there's going to be a lot of catchers outside the Hall of Fame that have a better traditional stat line than Buster Posey if he gets elected. And I think the Salvador Perez and even JT Real Muto, who is a little further away statistically, but they're both in the 30s for war right now. Those kind of guys, they're they're gonna get kind of like I think Brian McCann might stick around on the ballot. I think Salvador Perez and JT Rimuto might stick around on the ballot. And who knows, depending on how they finish their careers, they could get serious Hall of Fame consideration by a future committee. But as a kind of a leaving this in the present, I think that's the best way to leave it because a lot of those cases are reliant on the era committees. There's a guy playing in Baltimore right now. <laughs> For our good friend, Will Steph's team, Adley Rutschman. Adley Rutschman, switch hitting talent, number one overall pick, but he debuted at 24 years of age. He's already got nine war in two seasons. That's very good for a catcher. He's a good defensive catcher. He's a good leader. He's a good hitter. There's only one catcher that played Major League Baseball that debuted at 24 years old or older. Do you know who it is?
1: That I assume made the Hall of Fame, is what you're saying? Hall of Fame
0: catcher, yeah.
1: Okay. <sighs> Let me think about it for a second.
0: It'll be obvious to you once you get it.
1: Oh, of course, after I guess wrong, then it'll be obvious who it should have been. Yeah. Uh, For the sake of time, let's just throw out Ted Simmons.
0: Roy Campanella. it It was because of him not being able to play in the major leagues. That
1: makes sense. Yeah.
0: Every other hall of fame catcher that played in the major leagues debuted at 23 or younger. This is a position that takes a toll on your body. And I know there's rumors right now about that 18 year old catcher, like maybe making the team out of camp or getting called up early It doesn't happen very often, but those are the guys that I'm more interested in going forward is, is if these catchers start their careers earlier to combat the fact that they're going to break down playing the position that they're not going to have as long of a career. You need to target guys. I think going forward that debut at age 23 or younger, ideally now can Adley Rutschman, win some world series for the Orioles or an MVP or something and put himself in the Posey category of individual statistics. Anything's possible, but I think Posey is going to stick out as an outlier for years to come that I think a lot of people are going to have more fun arguing for the guys that beat Posey in X category or Y category than electing more hall of fame catchers. So I know you have some numbers on the Hall of Famers at the positions, um, but I think that Posey and the catching position aren't going to get too much bigger. Molina will join Maurer, Posey will likely join them, and Munson will likely join after them. But I don't see there being an influx of all these other guys getting in just because they're counting stats in certain cases might be better than a posy, or they caught more games than Joe Maurer.
1: Mm -hmm. And as we kind of put a bow on this, uh, you mentioned there, I've got some stats by comparison uh, of Hall of Famers by position in the hall. uh, Because I think a lot of people think catcher is a unique position. And some without looking at it may think that the position's underrepresented as a whole. Um, So I wanted to share this. Uh, throwing out pitchers, throwing out relief pitchers, and throwing out outfielders, because unless you really narrow it down right field, left field, center field, you know, they're not really comparable. If you just say outfielders, yes, there's more of them. But we're talking the infield. Okay. So around the diamond, other than those positions I mentioned, uh, the position that has the most Hall of Famers as their primary position is first base with 27. Shortstop is at 26. Catcher and second base both have 20 and third base has 19. Uh, So you may have thought or perceived that catcher was underrepresentative compared to other positions, but I think it's right there. It's right about where it should be. Um, Dom and I talked before the show. You know, neither one of us are proponents of necessarily, oh, well, there are six less catchers in the hall than first basemen. Let's elect the next six best. Uh, No, uh, I think both of us would lean more towards Well, there have been six more guys that were Hall of Fame worthy that have come along already that just happen to be first basemen. Uh, Not because of their position necessarily, should they be in slam dunk. Does it weigh in? Is it a factor? Yes, especially in terms of catcher. It is a unique position. I think it will be examined differently. And even now, that is shifting uh, how a Hall of Fame catcher is viewed currently. And with these guys coming along, how it will be viewed in the future. So Dom, for you, uh, if people don't know by now, if they're just jumping on the uh, cracking Cooperstown bandwagon, how can they find you? How can they get in touch with the legend Dom Mana?
0: No, definitely. Th- this is always a lot of fun having these conversations with you. Cause I feel like they're conversations that a lot of people that are passionate about the hall of fame, like us end up having, whether it's in group chats, phone calls, etc. Uh, so definitely let us know below in the comments um, what you guys think about the future of the catching position. Do you think Buster Posey gets in? Do you agree that Munson would get in by proxy and what other guys that I named or I left out uh, do you think are hall of fame worthy at the catcher position uh, that will get in in the years to come? You can reach out to me on socials, uh, YouTube and Instagram At Staven Sports Cards, I'm always down to talk Hall of Fame and Hall of Fame collecting. If anybody's got any questions or just wants to shoot the bull, I'm always down for that. So hit me up. Go subscribe to Dom's channel.
1: Uh, Go to Instagram and follow him there. Uh, Obviously, this is on my YouTube channel, but you can also find me and get in touch with me uh, on Instagram at Legends Never Die Collection would love to chat Hall of Fame and Collecting with all you guys. So feel free to leave us a comment below, yell at Dom, uh, tell me good job, and uh, tune in for our next episode. But thank you guys for listening, keep collecting, and God bless.